Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey gorgeous souls and welcome back to another one of my Spiritual Queens Badass Podcast episodes. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Elizabeth Rovere. And Elizabeth, if you don't know, is a clinical psychologist, yoga teacher, and podcast host in New York City, where she has a private practice. She is the founder and host of the podcast Wonderstruck, which addresses the wow and wonder of being, consciousness, and reality, and the transformative impact of awe. I cannot wait to talk about this. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and thank you so much for having me on the show. It's fantastic to be here. And as I've been telling everyone, I love the name of your podcast, Spiritual Queen Badass. (laughs) So thanks so much for having me. Yes, we're here to get all badass with wonder and awe today, (laughs) definitely. But before we dive into all the goodness of your work, Elizabeth, I would love to know a question that I ask every single guest who comes on this podcast is, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? (laughs) Yes, you know, I, I love that you ask this question because I think it's cool that, you know, you're having people answer this and bring this to the fore and put it into the public eye. Um, this the question of spiritual awakening. And, you know, I've thought about this and there's like the subtle ongoing awakening, spiritual awakening that I feel like we're all on this quest and journey of myself included. So that's like the subtle ongoing, right? Like we're spirit being born into the physical. So as soon as you wake up into the physical, it's an awakening. And then I think there's the glorious burst of phenomena, of spiritual awakening and phenomenon, which I think is perhaps in some ways more of what you're asking or looking for. Um, So I can say, you know, I could give you, I can give you that story, um, tell you that story, which was for me 18 years ago, approximately. Um, I'm a meditator. I'm a transcendental uh, meditator. Um, And, you know, it was one day, you know, there is sort of a context, you know, I was also doing some psychological work. I'm a clinical psychologist by profession, 
I've been in, you know, eons of individual and also my favorite group psychotherapy. Um, I am a lover of poetry, so I like to read and meditate on poetry. And just one day I'm meditating and I have this experience where I literally see this, like this being, like it, it is like an extraordinary um like serpent like being with wings it's like this fabulous green color kind of like rising up from the ocean and i'm in my meditation just in my apartment i was like uh wow and you know watching it burst into this sort of glory and wings into the sky and then you know i'm like okay and then there's my mantra you know and then i'm like okay and I was like, what was, you know, what was that? What exactly was that? I, I don't know. I don't have a context for it. And, um, you know, like I, like, I, you know, you hear about people having visions here and there. And then as I said, I'm a psychologist. So part of me was like, am I okay? You know, is this okay? <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, it, it just sort of followed. And I think that the feeling is that it felt more real than what feels real. Like the experience of it felt like that phenomena, that experience, that vision is more real or as real as this table that's in front of me or the monitor or my coffee cup. And um, so, you know, I was seeing a therapist at the time who happened to be a Tibetan Buddhist scholar and a psychiatrist. And I said, Joe, I was like, hey, like this happened to me. And um, He's like, you know, it's, it's okay. He said, people have visions during meditations all the time. And I said, well, why don't we ever talk about this? You know, I went to divinity school. I'm a student of religion. I've been going to this, these Buddhist talks. No one's talking about it. And um, nobody's talking about it as though it's a, it's a kind of, how would you say, like, it's in the norm. It's in the realm of possible. It's not, it is extraordinary, but it's extraordinary ordinary. And um, I guess the the point of that aspect of, of awakening, if you will, um, or that kind of glorious burst, as I was calling it, is that I just, it allowed me to feel like there's so much more than meets the eye. Um, I feel more connected to the world and to people. Like, it's just, it's exciting. You know, there's just more there. So that's, that's my answer. <laughs> I love that and what a beautiful answer as well the two sides to it like you say and I think you know you're so right and as you can imagine I have so many different answers on this podcast from people but a lot of the time people echo the same of like I'm continually awakening like I'm on awakening number five or awakening <laughs> number seven and right right, right. it's true that you know we have these continuous awakenings and epiphanies throughout our lives and yeah, there can be that one moment that really, you know, sets it on fire and kind of like sets it alight, so to speak. But, um, you know, definitely, I think we have constant moments of wonder and constant moments of that awakening, for sure. Um, so obviously, that's where we got to on your journey. But how did we get from being a clinical psychologist and experiencing all of this to having the Wonderstruck podcast and obviously <laughs> teaching all you do now? How did we get there? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I appreciate you asking it. It's... um you know, I, I've always been, always been interested in, you know, what is the more than meets the eye and, you know, what is, what is really going on? You know, when people are talking, what are they really talking about? And um, I had, you know, when I was in graduate school, one of my um, professors, Marsha Vanicelli said, 
she's like, she's like, what if, if what's in the room is not being talked about, then what's being talked about is nothing. And it's like, what is, so, I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we live in a world and a lot of times we're, we're not allowed to say something or we try to be polite or we can't really talk about it or it's not status quo to mention. And, you know, as a psychologist, it's like, I'm, my job is to, to really look at that. Like what's really going on? I mean, you feel like it's this, but where did it come from? What's the origin? Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of, it's looking at the unconscious, um, looking at the underlying uh, phenomenon, experience, causes and conditions of how we got to where we are or how the person got to where they are and how to perhaps then change these patterns and look at things that shift. And, you know, I look at, I mean, a lot of people do too. We look at things holistically. So we're looking at your emotional experience. We're looking at how that impacts the emotion, the physical, sorry, how does the emotional impact the physical? How does the emotional impact the spiritual? And the spiritual, as long as we're talking about it in a way that people are open to with this context of wonder or um, it, it can be religion, it doesn't have to be religion, but the spiritual aspect, the sacred, the sacred aspect of being human or of being alive, these things are all integrated into what it means to be psychologically whole or to just be whole. So it kind of went that direction. It was, it was, that was how I was looking at my practice in in psychology. And then, you know, I've been a student of religion. I went to divinity school. So I always had those questions in the back of my mind. And, you know, my, my dad died when I was in college. And so I, (laughs) you know, it was, it was deeply profound and sad. And then I always had these questions about like, well, but what does it, what does it mean? Like, where, where did he go? You know, and so it's so I've had I've wanted to understand more to the extent that we're capable of understanding, and mm. rational materialism just wasn't about to get me there. I had to go into wonder and awe. <laughs> <laughs> and what a topic to go into, of course. <laughs> so most of us listening, and including myself, we may think, "Oh, I know what wonder and awe means," but how how can that be something we learn? How can that be something that we teach? So what is your definition or meaning of wonder? And why is it so important that we cultivate this? Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks again for asking. Um, So I go with, so the, the experience of wonder and awe also is the definition, right? It's, it's wow. And even when you say wow, the word, your your eyes open, they kind of go back, the mouth opens. And Dr. Keltner, who's a social psychologist who actually wrote a book called Awe, um, he describes it. And I think his, de- his definition is, is spectacular, right? It's, it's, the, it's being in the face of great mystery, standing in the face of great mystery. And there's an expansive quality to wonder and awe. Like you're standing in the face of, let's just use a sunset as an example. Oops, sorry. And it, it widens. It's like, you're just like, ah, oh, wow. Like it opens your experience. And it, there, it, there's, there's an incredible sense of opening and grounding and peace. But being in the face of great mystery, I think that is the best definition for wonder. It's mm-hmm. not figuring something out. It's not 
getting to the point or reducing, right? And so much of our experience is getting where we need to go, figuring it out, coming up with an answer, focus, focus, focus. And focus is great. You know, look, there's nothing wrong with it, but we really need a balance mm-hmm. of opening horizon. So that's, that's the quick definition. I guess that was quick. I don't know. I probably a bit longer. <laughs> No, it was perfect. And I love that definition. Because like you say, it's those moments that bring us into the present moments, those moments that ground us, I think are those wonder and awe moments, whether it's out in nature, whether it's looking at your loved ones. Like I know when I look at my dog, I feel wonder and awe. And I just think, oh my God, she's so perfect. And it's like those small moments that we have, where it just brings us and reconnects us back to our truth, I feel of like that wonder and awe of wow, just everything in this moment is perfect, even if that's not our definition of perfect or what even does perfect mean. But it's more of that feeling of, wow, like look at that sunset. How amazing is nature? Wow, look at this mountainscape. How incredible is nature? Or how amazing to be holding that baby in your arms or how amazing to have that little dog in front of you or loved ones or whatever it is. And I think it closely ties into that feeling of gratitude as well and that present moment joy where you're just in the moment. Like you say, you're not focusing on that to-do list, that what can I focus on? What have I got to do? Where have I got to be? It's more of just taking in the present moment and really, I think, grounding and rooting into yeah, your truth and who you are again. And I think we all need that in this, um, you know, modern day world. I love that you just said that because I think that's, that is it, that it certainly connects to gratitude and joy and being in the moment. And even more specifically, as you said, it connects you to the truth of who you are, it connects you to that and it's anchoring. So mm. it's kind of, you're standing in the face of great mystery and something bigger than yourself. And at the same time, it's anchoring and grounding. Now that's, pretty awesome, right? I mean, to use the word, but it's that it's that which is greater than myself that is an aspect of that which is inside myself. So you get the sense of peace and you get the sense of the extraordinary and the expansive, even if it's something like an everyday wonder, like you said, with your dog. I mean, that's an, it's a, it's a wonderful experience. Definitely. And I think the more we can have those experiences as well, the more that it helps us to feel grounded, feel peace, feel all the emotions that we want in that regulated place. But here on the podcast, Elizabeth, we talk all things manifesting um, and manifesting our dreams using the law of attraction. So of course, I have to ask you, how can we use the power of wonder to manifest our dreams in abundance in your eyes? So yeah, I think that's a really interesting question, right? I really, really do. Because I think of being in a state of wonder is that of abundance. I mean, it's being in that. And then there's a way in which in that state, you, you know, you're getting the ego out of the way because the ego gets small where you feel like, Hey, there's something greater than myself, but I still feel I'm very empowered. And I start feeling more in the flow. And that is when it feels that there is, that is when abundance manifests. It just, it's like as, as it unfolds, by me sort of being in a state of awe and being in a state where I don't have my ego. I'm not in my own way, Um, you know, from my perspective, and you are the expert, so you can tell me, but abundance unfolds when I get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And um, I wonder allows us to do that. And the more sort of grounded, the more that I can be abundantly the truth of who I am, it all unfolds. I mean, you said it so perfectly, Elizabeth. I don't think there was 
any more amazing answer that I can add to that. But, you know, I 100% agree. I feel like previously when I first came across manifestation, you know, I was very much like in a very unregulated place because of the experiences and trauma that I had gone through in, in my life. So for me, manifesting was more of a control mechanism. And, you know, I was very controlling. and I didn't know how to let go. I didn't know how to be present. I didn't know how to feel grounded and regulated definitely not whereas now like I've gone through you know a heap of inner work and really worked on you know me and my mental health and everything I feel like the manifest like the manifestations and abundance are totally different like you say because you're able to be in that present moment and I always say to people you know the present moment's the only time you're going to receive your desire it's not going to be in the past it's not going to be in the future so you've got to be in this present moment to truly receive your desire but like you say feel that peace within yourself so absolutely like when we get out of our own way we open up the space for that highest good for what the universe wants to bring into our life instead of what we think it has to look like or how we think it should be so I think it is that beautiful art of surrendering when we're in that place of wonder and awe because we're surrendering to the universe we're surrendering and saying okay this is how I envision it but I'm open to it being even bigger and better than what I'm envisioning here and now and I think when we're like you say when we're in that place of wonder and awe we're just grateful we're present we're grateful we get out of our own way and I feel like things flow like you say they flow with abundance so easily because we're in that natural state of flow we're not trying to resist we're more allowing and we're just I guess yeah receiving with wonder and awe. I feel like it's a receiving energy as well what do you think yeah I think that that you're right I think it is a receiving energy because you're taking it in you know you're taking it in and it's grounding and, you know, I, I, it's kind of funny, right? It's like, there is a surrender to it. And that's why it's, it's, it's paradoxical, kind of, right? When you think about manifestation, like the surrender aspect to manifestation. And it's like, but you are surrendering. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to set my intention, which I think is fabulous. Like, set your intention. And then it's, that's it. And then surrender. And then like, kind of like, like, enjoy the adventure of how it starts to unfold. Like, there's an excitement to that. Like, that's fun. Like, right? Isn't it? I mean, letting go of control, like control can sometimes be, again, we go into that place where it's like it gets smaller and smaller and more rigid. And then we get a little, then we get stuck. So I do think it's what you were saying. I think that we open, we surrender, we set the intention, we surrender, we open, and um, we start, we receive. I think it is about that adventure, like you say, because when you are setting that intention or like with anything in life, even if it's not manifestation, when you're at the beginning of anything, you do think, wow, like all these possibilities of how something could go and what I could lead to and the opportunities that come from that. And I think there is a real big excitement energy with that because we don't know what is, you know, in our future or how things could happen in our lives or the opportunity that could come our way. And I think there's a really exciting energy to that as well where we're kind of like at that beginning or the bottom of the staircase so to speak and we're like wow like all these things that could come millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And happen, and that is a moment of wonder and awe as well, where it is opening up to all those possibilities and opening up to the adventure of life and and what could unfold with that. Yeah, you know, it was funny. Somebody was asking me about like like how do you apply it in your everyday, right? And like, and I was like, oh, well, the you know, one thing I, I do is like if I'm walking to work every day, right? I just sort of assume I'm going to see and do the same exact thing. And if I sort of if I set an attention or if I think, okay, all right let's take off what I think it's going to be like. Let me just be open to different possibilities. And then I walk down the street and I see things differently. I, I will actually see something else, you know, instead of my kind of expectation of what it's going to be. And I'm talking about more of like, like, like my sort of assumptions, the assumptions of what it's going to be. If I'm opening mm-hmm. to the possibility of it being something else, you know, guess what? <laughs> it's often something else, you know? <laughs> It's like, why am I denying myself the possibility of all these cool things that could happen? Mm, Definitely. And I think that's such an important thing to remember with manifesting of like, why am I denying myself of all these amazing things that could happen? And I think it's, you know, I think that will hit home with a lot of people of just that reminder of, yeah, like I could be missing out on loads of greatness. (laughs) Like I don't need to restrict myself. I'm going to, you know, open up to all the abundance and all the possibilities and all the different things that could come into my day or come into my life. So I love that. Definitely. Um, this leads me nicely onto my next question, Elizabeth then. So what are your top tips for being (laughs) open to the extraordinary and where can we start? So I mean, one of the first things I think is funny is like, turn off your notifications on your phone, you know, <laughs> like, put down the cell phone, um, you know, look, like, it's basically like literally being open to the extraordinary, because it is, there's a poet, Mark Nepo, who says that the extraordinary lies beneath the surface of everything that is ordinary. So it's, and it's just, it's just right there. And we've sort of we've been conditioned to not see it, and I know I'm sort of speaking in these poems. Or there's another metaphor, um, or a, also a, a, an aphorism by Lao Tzu, which is a frog in a well cannot be told about the sea. So it's like why why am I sitting in the well? Like the well is like when I'm like this going around, and it's like oh, just set the intention to see the extraordinary to be in a place of wonder, you know, like, just say like, okay, may I be 
it's almost like closing your eyes and you know with a with a with a meta like a buddhist prayer like may i be open to wonder may i be open to the extraordinary if you're pray to jesus if you pray to buddha you know whatever whatever your religion or your spiritual practice or your nature worship might be you know just just ask and or or put out the prayer or intention and it's kind of seems like so simple and it works right it's like may i um, and then it, that is setting the intention. So there's, so of course there's that, but then any type of contemplative practice, um, any type of yoga, any type of meditation or breath work. Um, I like the idea of doing yoga with your eyes closed to the extent that, you know, it's not like some balancing pose that you're going to fall over, but doing your sun salutations with your eyes closed. It's kind of cool. Um, even if you go to a yoga class, when you close your eyes, it's almost like you lose sense of time. And there's something wonderful and extraordinary. It just puts you in a different space. Um, mm. You know, Dr. Keltner, again, I keep evoking him. So um, he he's fantastic. I think his book is fantastic. He talks about awe walks, which are going through your a walk, whether it even, even if it's in the city, which can be like noisy and haphazard, but being open to awe. But he talks about it mostly like taking those kinds of awe walks in nature, <laughs> forest bathing has been like lately something that people have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but really being open. And one other thing that's kind of fun to do, like if you have um, a favorite song, you listen to music, um, actually go look up the lyrics. Go look up the lyrics of your favorite two or three songs and read them. And then maybe meditate on them. And you're like, oh, this is why I like that song. Look at the answers right there. This is what it's been saying to me the whole time. And I've just been hearing the tune. That's also something that's fun. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess those are, those are what I would say. Amazing. And great tips too. And I want to um, touch upon the time one as well of losing that sense of time or losing track of time. Because I feel like, you know, when we look at the universe, obviously, and many say that time does not exist in the universe. And actually, those moments of wonder and awe really just connect us back to home source, you know, the infinite abundance in this universe, where when you're watching that sunset, you're not going to be clock watching, you're not going to be thinking, oh, I've got an appointment in 10 minutes, or has somebody sent me that email, you know, you're just in that moment, observing that beautiful sunset and nature and just life. And I feel like when we really do, you know, think back over our lives of like those moments with our friends or going to a festival or I don't know, those moments where we've, you know, those moments we really truly remember of, oh my gosh, I was so happy in that moment. I bet you weren't watching the clock. I bet you weren't, you know, aware of the time because when we are in those moments of wonder and awe, we don't need time. We don't need to be somewhere or do something. We're in that present moment being fully immersed in whatever it is that we're immersing ourselves in. So I think it's a good challenge as well to to not use time when you are um, trying to get into the wonder and awe. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you, I think you, it's, it's true. I think what you're saying, it's like, it's almost like you can't. Mm. It's like, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. I think, you know, it's like, because it's like being in that moment, looking at that sunset, it just, it's gone. The time is gone. Um, If you're walking in the forest and, you know, the light's coming through the trees, it stops you in your tracks. Um, And in in that way, yes, I think it it does stop time. Um, 
I think that's, yeah, I think that's true. Being in, and you put, it really puts you right in the moment in an expansive way. Like something's moving and yet it's not time. Mm. Oh, I love that. <laughs> we'll have to put that as the quote of the episode. Something's moving and it's not time. <laughs> so how has Wanda and community changed your life then, Elizabeth? Well, I think the, the first answer and the most important one is that there is a way that definitely, I mean, look, I still get in my own way plenty of times, <laughs> but it does help me get out of my own way. It does help me recognize the obstacles that I put up for myself. It's like, hey, come on, wait a minute. What are you doing? Um, there's a way that I do feel more connected to people. Um, not that I don't still get agitated, um, but it's kind of funny. It's like you put a bunch of people in a room that get on each other's nerves, like maybe, you know, family members or, <laughs> um, you know, just in general, you don't get along. You put them in a room and you put them in front of something mysterious or a sunset. Those people will come together. They'll grab each other's arms in a state of awe. They're like, wow, we're in, we're human beings in this together. Look at that. And so the internalization of that, um, does feel like I feel more connected. I feel um, less, I guess, egoic, like less, less egoic in that way. Um, and that is the sense of community. And I think sense of community, um, you know, William James, the great philosopher, the father of American psychology, I, I kind of quote him a lot. I, I really like his work. And, you know, back in 1902, he said that, you know, our, our individual survival is dependent on meaningful community, you know, and, you know, look, I'm not saying you have to get it through wonder and awe. I feel like it's a great way to do it, but being, feeling connected, you know, respecting each other, um, appreciating each other, acknowledging that we maybe get on each other's nerves, but that we are a community, you know, we're in it together. And there's something life-changing about that because it can feel so, deeply profound, connected, joyful. Um, you know, Mother Teresa also says, you know, well, I guess we should just say that, you know, currently in our world, right, there's a way that we're kind of divided, divisive. There's more of a sense of loneliness and emptiness now than there has been in the past. And I mean, you know, that, that sucks. I mean, I, I don't like feeling that way. No one else does either. And, you know, Mother Teresa says we've forgotten that we belong to each other. And, you know, wonder and awe, um, the, so Dr. Keltner actually studied this in his lab, you know, this thing where the eyes roll back and the mouth opens up a little bit is the most universal of our emotional expressions physically and by sound. So it is the most universally human experience and in, in the emotional realm. So, it's like, let's not forget that we belong to each other. You know, I, so it, so that, that's how it's life-changing. Um, you know, it makes me feel more connected to the person walking down the street that I don't know. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, all right. You know, we're, we're in this together. <laughs> you couldn't look or seem more different than me, but that's all right. I respect your right to be here <laughs> and whatever you're doing in your orange hat, that's cool. <laughs> 
Definitely. And I think, you know, since COVID and as times have changed, you know, things are more digital. And while that serve and does serve its purpose, I think nothing beats that human interaction and that community and that connection with people. Because as much as technology is fantastic, definitely, I feel like there is a lot of people who feel that kind of disconnection and want those in-person things still and what you know I get it all the time Emma the people are like Emma do in-person events still don't just do it all online and it's so great to be able to meet people it's so great to be able to connect and hug and you know be able to be in a room full of people as well so I definitely agree that there is so much power in community and even if it's not physically possible in person still there are ways to create aspects of that virtually as we know um but I definitely think that there are so many ways we can connect to our community, like you say, out and about on the street or day to day or online virtually. So what would your tips be for people if they feel that they have been so great at connecting virtually, but want to be more present in their community, you know, physically? So, so you're, you were asking, what are, what are the tips for connecting virtually and physically? Is that what you asked? Cause it, it's sort of, Sorry, no, just yeah. connecting physically. If someone's great at connecting virtually and they're like, actually, I really miss that physical community. Oh, oh so, well, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of things. Um, you know, first of all, as a group therapist, I have to say, oh, join a group therapy. Join group <laughs> therapy. That's always a great way to go about it. Um, but there's also, uh, like, my friend Radha Agrawal does a whole kind of, um, it's called Daybreaker. It's, it's, it's morning dance. So people, she does it all over the world. People get up in the morning and dance together at daybreak, which sounds kind of like, you know, kind of what um, uh, mystical, uh, shamanistic, bacchanalian, but it's not. It's actually sober dance in the morning. And um, so I think that's a, that's a great way to connect. Um, and actually, you know, something really simple as... Literally, when you are walking down the street, if you walk down the street, like I do in New York City, and you feel like we're all in this together, you know, I sort of might smile at people or I would suggest like smile at somebody, you know, say, say something to, to the cab driver. It actually feels good. People respond and there is a feeling of connection. And, mm -hmm. you know, it might sound kind of like, that might sound Pollyanna or it might sound, you know, simple, but it, it can really feel good. It can sort of like, if you say good morning, walking to some, walking to your job or, you know, going out to, to the grocery store, it's, it's a very simple way of experiencing community in that way. Um, mm -hmm. And I also think, oh, actually I have to say this. I can't believe I almost forgot. Um, <laughs> so I have a friend, Mary Riley Nichols, and she says that she thinks that, one of the other ways that you might interpret Jesus Christ's last supper is that he was saying, everybody needs to get together for a dinner party, you know, <laughs> like having a dinner, having dinner parties, you know, sharing, sharing the food. Um, and I, I love that she said that it made me laugh. And I was like, Oh, um, but I do think, I think having a dinner party or a brunch, like creating a community, starting a book club, maybe part of it's online, you know, don't wait for it to happen. Make it happen if you miss it. People want to be invited to your dinner. <laughs> so get cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for these tips. So my last question to you today then, Elizabeth, is what is one piece of life advice that you would like to leave my lovely listeners with today? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so one of, I, I, you know, I have to say it's like, well, so I would say, listen, listen really well, listen to the, listen to what's going on beneath the surface. Because if you just start to tune in a little bit, you'll hear so much more than you ever expected. And it could be glorious. So listen well, and then maintain a sense of humor. Laughter is fantastic and can be wondrous. So that's it. Amen to that. I love that. Short, but sweet, but potent. Amazing. So Elizabeth, (laughs) where can everybody find you if they want to learn more about your work and your podcast? Oh, yes. So we, um, our website is wonderstruck.org. And if you want to find us on social media, we are at wonderstruckpod. So we're on Instagram and YouTube, um, Facebook, and TikTok, actually, that's been a new experience for me is the whole TikTok phenomenon. And if anybody wants to come and listen to your podcast, what can we expect to learn? Oh, wow. So yes, so you will get to hear all kinds of things from like learning about tantric meditation um, from a Hindu uh, tantra scholar at Harvard. You can learn about awe and wonder from Dr. Keltner, who we've also interviewed you can learn about music and the awe and wonder of music from Fern Cotton. Um, Father Tiso, we just dropped his episode where he talks about the phenomena of monks transforming into a rainbow, bo- a, a rainbow body after death. So it's like these glorious rainbows that manifest into the sky and monks will actually engage in this meditative process through their lifetime to achieve this state. And there's been a handful of people having had this experience. And Father Tiso, the Catholic monk, is interested because he's looking at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're looking at that kind of thing. Um, We're looking at Ayurvedic medicine. I mean, you know, you can apply awe and wonder to so many things. Um, so yeah, so those are, those are some of the examples. Oh, if I, I shouldn't, shouldn't forget Russell Brand because he was a fantastic guest who really talked about, you know, Emma, his, his spiritual journey, right? Like his spiritual awakening. Lots of exciting episodes we can go and dive into. I love it. And of course, I'll put a clickable link to Elizabeth's podcast and work in the description below. So you have a nice, easy, quick link as well. But thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on today. It's been such a joy learning all about awe and wonder. And I'm sure everybody has taken away some incredible tips. So thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Emma. It was fantastic. I really appreciate it. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining Elizabeth and I today. Of course, if you want to learn anything more about Elizabeth's work, you can find a clickable link below. Or if you want to explore my books, my videos, my coaching, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here, because we'd love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook, where you can join myself and other like-minded souls, where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week, whatever you are up to, and I'll see you all for my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So love. 